Good day, everybody, and welcome to the second episode of the Travel and Adventure Photography School podcast. I am so stoked to get to talk about this today because it is one of my favorite subjects in photography, shooting in the winter. We're going to talk about some winter photography. Now, by winter photography, I mean Canadian winters. Uh, where it's snowy and icy and bitterly freezing cold. I know there's other parts of the world where you might be listening in where you don't get the same kind of winter that we do here, and that's fantastic for you, but I'm coming at this from the perspective of a Canadian who is used to snow and ice and things like that as their winter. So this is really a snowy winter photography podcast, or like a Canadian winter photography podcast. But I think this is still all super important information for pretty much anybody to have if you're ever going to go out into inclement weather situations. Now, this is going to be a two-part episode, primarily because when I started talking with my wife about what it is that I wanted to put into this episode, she looked at me and said, you can't have all of that information go into that one episode. It will be like drinking from a fire hose. Instead of giving you an hour at once of information that you're going to have to digest and download into your own processes and getting out into shooting with it all, we're going to do it in two parts here. We'll give you information today that will hopefully get you ready and out shooting And then next week, we'll put another episode out that finishes this off. It'll be part two of our winter photography special. And then you get to absorb all that information and combine it all and create something very cool with your work. Now, I want to talk about winter photography because it's still winter here in Calgary. Um, It will be for another six to eight weeks and we'll likely get snow again technically after winter has ended because we always do. So there are going to be lots of opportunities to get out and play with this winter photography stuff if you're in Canada or if you're elsewhere in the world, because winter is likely hitting for you soon or will be again. This is just good information for everybody to have. Let's talk about one of my favorite types of photography. Times of year for photography? Subjects? I don't know. All of them? Seemingly, I guess? Whatever. We're going to talk about winter photography. Winter is such a great time to get out and take spectacular photographs. But it can also be one of the more challenging and difficult times to produce great content, especially once the sun goes down or if the snow starts flying. But truthfully, those are the best times to get out shooting. So over the next two episodes, we're going to talk about how you deal with those adverse conditions, how you keep your gear and yourself safe while you're working, and really how do you enjoy being outdoors when the snow flies and the temperatures drop into those negative 20s, negative 30s, negative 40s even in cases like we've gotten in Calgary recently. That's what we're going to talk about. So there's kind of three reasons that I really, really love winter photography. Reason number one is when the temperatures drop, things happen when it gets cold outside. We've had golden hour in the middle of the day in Calgary because of the amount of ice fog hanging in the air. We have had just a beautiful, beautiful ice crystals hanging over top of everything. You get steam rising up out of the rivers. You get just spectacular stuff that doesn't happen at any point besides when it drops into those negative 20 and negative 30 Celsius values. Same with snow. When it gets snowing, it acts as a natural accentuator on buildings and mountains, and you see areas in totally different ways than you ever would before. That's reason number two is that Stuff changes around you when snow falls on it. Valleys that you are used to seeing in one way, when they get covered in snow, turn into something entirely different. It's just spectacular the way that winter changes a landscape in front of you and something that you've seen so often looks entirely different when you actually go there in the winter. And reason number three 
this is partly my own introvertedness coming out in this one, but when it's bitterly cold outside, there's very few other people who are going to be setting foot in those super touristy locations. And I love getting into spaces when it's quiet and peaceful and just not covered in a ton of other people being there with you. We're going to split the next two podcasts into three different parts. Preparation, getting out and shooting, and then heading home. These are kind of the three values that I see as being necessary for photography in general. The first thing underneath preparation is to get yourself the right kind of camera bag. This will be a little bit subjective based on what you're doing, but I kind of have a few values that I think are really important for you to look at as you're deciding what bag to take with you when you're doing winter photography. Look for a bag that's water resistant, that has really good zippers, really good materials on it, stuff that won't be absorbing water into it, and then letting that water get into your camera because you don't want your camera sitting in a pool of water because your bag can't stand up to the elements. You also want to look for a bag that is tough. It's inevitable. We're doing adventure and travel work. We're going to bang that bag into things. We're going to drop it on rocks. It's going to slide down places. It is totally inevitable that that bag will take some hard knocks and you need it to be tough enough to protect your gear and tough enough not to fall apart on you when that kind of stuff starts happening. And one of the big things I've noticed recently, especially getting out shooting, is looking for a bag with a waterproof bottom. So I have a bag that has a hard rubber bottom on it that not only allows it to stand up a little bit better, but it means that when I put it down in the snow or on mud or anything else like that, there is not a hope that water is being absorbed up into the rest of the fibers of that backpack. It just sits against the outside of that material. Nothing's ever wrong. I can wipe it off really quickly when I throw the bag back on. It's super fantastic. All right, and then think about your gear access. So I kind of use two bags when I'm doing winter photography. I use a Peak Design Everyday Messenger, and I use an F-Stop Gear Loca UL. My Peak Design Everyday Messenger bag is a sling bag that's really meant for carrying light amounts of gear in the city when I'm just quickly going out shooting at sunset or when I'm just going out for a photo walk and I want to be able to pull out gear really quickly and get it back in my bag really quickly. Uh, it's got this really cool clamshell style opening with a magnetic latch on the top of it that lets me pull a piece of gear out without putting the bag down, without really fussing around with zippers or anything like that. And it's fantastic when it's snowing really, really hard. So I really love that aspect of it. It's not a bag to carry through the mountains or to really use as, unlike their name says, as an everyday bag. I don't feel it's great for carrying large amounts of gear or for dealing with really harsh conditions or anything like that, but it is fantastic for doing some urban shooting in the winter. The other bit of kit that I use quite frequently in winter is my F-Stop Gear Loca UL, or really you can look at any of F-Stop Gear's Mountain Series bags and you'll be quite happy with them when you're out shooting in the winter. I love this bag because it has an internal frame. They're tough i have scraped that bag against rocks and trees and snow and it's slid down mountains and it's had one zipper break on it in the five years or so that i've owned this bag and used it 300 days of the year i can say with all confidence that f-stop gear bag has held up to a lot of the punishment that i've put it through one of the other things i really love about it is that it opens on the back so i don't have to put the part of my backpack down into the snow that is going up against my body I take the backpack off, put it face forward into the snow, open up the back, pull my gear out, set up, shoot what I need to, put my gear back in, pop the backpack back on, and we're out of there. It's a great, fantastic design. There's a number of other backpack companies coming out doing that right now, but F-Stop was the first one I encountered doing it, and they fit my body. That's not to say you need to get a Peak Design or an F-Stop gear bag by any stretch. 
go find the backpack that works with your body, go find the bag that works with the style of shooting that you are doing and what you need to carry with you. But take those little pieces that I've talked about so far and put that into your thinking when you decide what bag you're purchasing. Particularly when you're looking for your winter bag, you've got to think beyond just what camera gear you're going to put in there because there is a lot of other stuff you're going to end up having to carry with you. You may need some extra space for extra warm layers, some water, food, some other supplies like micro spikes are going to end up going into that bag as well. I tend to find I use around half my bag's liter capacity for camera equipment and the other half for gear and clothing. So that's your backpack. It's a hugely important part of the kit that you are putting together. Put a lot of thought into it. If you have one already that works great for you and you love it and it can stand up to winter's harsh conditions, fantastic. Go with it. If you don't, however, have one or you are looking at buying a new one, something like that, take into consideration everything we just talked about. All right. Now it's time to talk about what you're putting in your bag beyond your actual camera. So obviously pack the camera you're planning on taking photos with. That's a great first step. Um, And this somewhat depends on what you're looking to shoot or how you're looking to do things for the day. If I'm going out exploring for an hour at sunset in the city, I'm not taking 90% of this stuff with me. But for the purposes of this exercise, we're going to talk about this as though we're going out adventuring for a day. We're going to go out and we're going shooting in the mountains in the middle of winter because that's one of the greatest things that you can do. So what should go in your bag? Well... Let's start with something warm. Put some of those little chemical hot pockets into your bag with you, enough for yourself to get your hands warm, the ones you can like rip open, shake up. They produce a bunch of heat for 12, 15 hours, something like that. So you can warm up your hands. It's nice and cozy to have some of them with you, which is fantastic. They can also help keep your camera nice and warm and keep your battery functioning a little better, especially if you're out shooting some Aurora or if you're out at night and you're set up for a long exposure, putting a couple of these onto your camera actually can help your camera function a little bit better. One of these little hot pockets right up against that battery casing can actually help keep that battery warmer, which means you're not going to lose your battery power quite as quickly as you normally would in freezing cold conditions. All right, take some large plastic bags with you that are big enough to fit your gear. This is important for when you're going home, and we'll talk about it a little bit more there, but it's just an extra layer of protection for your gear to have when you're going back into your house. Next up, bring a microfiber towel with you. I always have one of these with me just to wipe my gear down really quickly and myself a little bit when I get back to the car. That's great. I know cameras are super weather resistant and sealed well and all that stuff, but I see zero reason why I should have extra moisture sitting on my camera if I don't need to. So I like to wipe it down fairly frequently and I like to have a towel with me because it's a useful thing to have with you whenever you're adventuring or whenever you're traveling. Micro spikes, uh, some sort of traction device for your feet. It's icy. It's slippery. Get something so you can walk safely where you're going and not have to worry about slipping and falling every step you take. Same will go with hiking poles. I use hiking poles quite frequently in the winter now. I find they provide a lot of extra balance and a lot of extra support for me while I'm out pushing through some cold conditions. Those are totally subjective in how you feel using either of those devices, but I really love them. I think that they're fantastic. I'd fully suggest if you've never tried micro spikes or you've never tried hiking poles, give them a shot. See what you think. See how they work into how you function. Two other pieces of gear to go into that bag with you. A dry sack. Um, These are basically just if your bag fails or if liquid gets into your bag or something like that happens, it's a way for you to quickly put your camera into something that is totally water resistant um, or waterproof in cases if you buy a really good one. It's just an extra piece of protection for your camera equipment, which I always feel for that half pound of weight that thing takes up is well worth it for my own peace of mind if I'm out in really terrible conditions. And this is a little bit of a different one, but a sensor cleaning air blower, those little like 
ball looking puff shaped things that you can blow on your sensor or do things like that with. They are fantastic for cleaning snowflakes off your lens. There are points where you can't take your microfiber towel to your lens. You can't take a cloth to your lens. You can't wipe them off with your fingers, anything like that, because you might actually melt those snowflakes and cause some streaking and some other issues. Take one of those little tiny blowers and just and blow some of the snowflakes off. It's a fantastic, simple way to deal with when you have snowflakes falling onto your lens quite frequently. Finally, you're gonna need some extra warm layers with you as well. So you're gonna want something to put on when you stop to take photos, something that's a little extra warm and comfy. You're gonna want some extra dry socks to go in that bag with you. You're gonna need just a little bit of extra clothing with you, some extra gloves possibly, an extra toque for when yours gets too wet. Just a few extra things that will keep you warmer and drier throughout the course of the day. And that'll make you happier, which means you'll stay out longer shooting and your photos will be better. And you'll have a better chance to create something really friggin' cool. And one of the other things, just on clothing in general right now, this is one of my personal favorite little tips that I love to do when I'm out hiking in general, but particularly in winter. I leave a bag of warm, comfy, dry clothes in the car. And yeah, they're going to be a little bit cold when I get back to them, but they won't be wet from the snow and my sweat. It's just so nice to be able to change into some comfy, dry clothes that will eventually be warm versus sitting in a car in cold, damp clothing after you finally get back and you are done shooting for the day. All right, staying on clothing. You need to dress in layers when you're going out in winter. A lot of people, especially those in colder climates, already know this, but we're going to go over it really quickly. You need to be layering up so that you can put layers on as you get colder and take layers off as you get warmer, and you're just going to be a little bit comfier throughout the course of the day. Let's start with your base layer. Your base layer is what sits right up against your skin. Using merino wool or a synthetic wool equivalent tend to be the best for warmth, for their weight, and for how fast they dry again when they get wet. And they need a warm mid-layer that you can move in and be active in and that will dry fairly quickly. I know a lot of people have down coats that they really love as their mid-layer. Personally, because of the amount that I sweat and the amount of moisture that I expect to get on me, I actually really prefer synthetics that are the same warmth to weight ratio. And a lot of companies are producing these kind of synthetic down equivalents. I prefer them primarily because of that fact that they stay warm when they're wet versus a lot of down that when it gets wet, you're not going to stay warm as much. It doesn't have its heat retention there. So I prefer to look for the synthetic pieces, especially in my mid layer that I know I'm going to be going hard in. These same kind of needs are going to apply to your pants as well. You're not going to want to wear jeans. They do not dry. You're going to want to look for a material that will give you freedom of movement and that when they get wet, they will dry out pretty quickly for you. A pair of hiking pants with some thermal or long underwear on underneath or just some fleece lined hiking pants are two very good options. All right. And then you want to look for a hard shell that's going to keep the elements out. It should be waterproof, windproof, uh, basically weatherproof as best as you can. Think products like Gore-Tex um, and you'll get something very close to what type of hard shell you are going to really need to stay warm and dry, dry-ish in the winter. I know some people don't mind, but I really like having a pair of rain pants or some sort of waterproof, windproof pant with me to put on over top of my hiking pants if the weather truly turns nasty or if I even need to sit down in the snow for a little while to take some photos, to do whatever. It's really nice to have something waterproof that I can put on over my bottom layer. And then finally, you're going to want an extra warm layer to put on when you stop. 
especially if you're shooting in one place for a while or if you're going to stop for a while. That extra warm layer that you can put on on top of everything else is going to make you so much happier because you are not going to be producing the body heat that you are when you're moving and you're not going to be feeling as warm fairly quickly, especially when the wind is up. This is where I love a big puffy down jacket. It just keeps you so much warmer. It's a great opportunity to just like cuddle up into something big and warm that feels like you're like getting hugged by a cloud. Essentially, <laughs> big puffy down coats weigh almost nothing for their warmth. There's there's no downside to them besides the price on a lot of them, to be totally honest. But well worth it if you're going to be out shooting in really cold conditions. Okay, so there's one last piece of important clothing that you need to consider. It's your socks. I love good merino wool socks. They are super comfortable, super warm. Uh, they dry really quickly. They keep your feet nice and happy. I really like wool socks or synthetic wool equivalents, but just go find some that your feet feel happy in. Alrighty. So one last note before we talk about heading out and actually shooting. Electronics die faster when they get cold. So it's really, really important that you take your battery and put it into a pocket that rests against your body heat. The batteries for your camera, your cell phone, anything like that will die significantly faster the colder it is outside. So you need to keep those batteries warm so that you don't lose all ability to shoot, which is the point of why we're going out into the snow besides just to see how pretty it is and stuff. But we're going out there to create some really cool images. So let's not let our batteries die on us. Whew. All right, this seems like a fantastic place to stop part one of our two-part winter photography special. In the next part, we are going to get into actually what it's like to get out and shoot in winter and snow and ice and all those other sorts of wonderful fun conditions that you can find at this time of year. If you're wanting to review everything we just talked about in this episode, we will have all of that information up in the show notes on the website. So go and take a look there. We'll also offer up a little bit of a checklist for you so you can have an idea of what to pack and what to look for when you're just getting into winter photography. And then you can start modifying that checklist for yourself and finding out what you need and what you have and what you want to use and what you don't use and all sorts of wonderful things like this. As with pretty much everything we share on here, it's purely subjective. It's just coming from my own personal experience, chatting with other photographers I know, chatting with other outdoor and adventure people that I know who are saying this is important, this is important. So it's a good starting point for you or maybe some stuff you can add into what you're already doing. But really, in the end, it's whatever's going to make you happy. It's however you're going to use the gear and it's however you're going to get out and actually explore an adventure. Don't take stuff with you that I've said is important that you never use because that's a waste of weight and space and everything else like that. Take what you need for your own personal style and preference. All right. That's the episode, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll have part two of our winter photography special coming up next week for you. Until then, enjoy winter enjoy wherever you are in the world get out and create some beautiful photographs let's adventure <laughs>